0: You're listening to The Lead, a podcast about content marketing by CopyBlogger Media. I'm your host, Jared Morris. If you want to get a content marketing education while you clean the garage or while you get your swimming pool ready for spring, this podcast is the way to do it. On today's episode, we break down the seventh essential element of a blog post, how to tell a seductive story. And who better to seduce us with his knowledge on this topic than Copyblogger's chief copywriter, Damian Farnworth. Daniel Joseph Borston, renowned U.S. historian, wrote the book The Image, A Guide to Pseudo-Events in America, which describes shifts in American culture due in large part to advertising. One of his more famous quotes is as follows. The deeper problems connected with advertising come less from the unscrupulousness of our deceivers than from our pleasure in being deceived, less from the desire to seduce than from the desire to be seduced. Which brings us to our topic of discussion today on The Lead, how to tell a seductive story. Damien, our readers want to be seduced. How do we give them what they want? Right, so I think it's pretty
1: natural to start off with a story, right? And uh, the story I'm going to tell is called the fantastic tale of the young Branson. It's a commercial that was uh, published about two years ago, in March 2012, and it's a short commercial, so it's a minute long. This is a great example, but when we talk about um, when we talk about telling a great marketing story, this is an example of a great marketing story. So in this f- fantastic tale. The young Branson, little toddler, from the very start, he has has this belief that we should be able to talk anywhere at a young age. And they show that he actually pulls out the cord, that his, his mom's on the phone, he actually pulls out the cord. So it's symbolic of this thought of like... Mobile phones, and then it goes through a sequence of of events where he 's making money as a lemonade stand guy, then a newspaper guy and it just, just it demonstrates his business drive from his youth and then it it shows him as a as a teenager uh, in college who, who's this crazy dreamer hungry for efficiency, and thinks that everybody should be able to talk to anywhere to anyone anywhere for as long as they want, but of course he 's mocked and he 's rejected but then you know uh, he overcomes that obstacle and then eventually he's what we have at the end less than in, a, in about a minute is, is virgin mobile his phone company and the moral of the story again is everybody should be able to talk to anyone anywhere for as long
0: as they want and this fits the mold of the seductive marketing story perfectly And a quick note about that commercial, which I love, my favorite little detail of it is how he has the goatee, even from when he's young, all the way through. So it's kind of that visual cue, you know, so you know who it is. Okay, so now why don't you explain then how that fits the mold of seductive marketing? All
1: right, so I'm referring back to a post that Sonia wrote, um, and she gives five elements of a great marketing story. Um, The first, you need a hero. Second, you need a goal third you need an obstacle fourth you need a mentor and fifth you need a moral so looking back at that commercial that branson commercial he is the hero the, his goal is he wants everybody to be able to talk to anyone anywhere for as long as they want the obstacle of course is that this is seems like an unbelievably ridiculous unattainable goal he is in this sense the mentor and then the moral the, when he closes with the story is simply Again, everybody should be able to talk to talk to anyone anywhere for as long as they want. And as um, as Sonia mentioned back in her article, this idea that um, you, you have these heroes, you can make the character the hero um, but at the end of the, at the end of the day you need to spell out again and this is what we're talking when we talk about immoral. you need to spell out what you are trying to do for them. Um. So, in a traditional storytelling setting, you you typically wouldn't have the moral. But in in a marketing setting, you want to be very plain and clear about what you're trying to communicate to that uh, to your customers.
0: Okay. And so, in this case, in this example with the Branson commercial, it sounds like the business is the hero. Like you said, Branson's the hero. Are there also cases where the customer is the hero and maybe the business is the model?
1: Yeah that's, yeah, that's absolutely what we do here at CopyBlogger. Um, you know, we are the hero, or, or, I'm sorry, the writer and the content creator is the hero. Those, the people that we are looking for, the people, you know, our target audience are writers and, and creators. The goal is, is we want to help them. They want to build an audience and they want to build a business. Their obstacle, of course, is... It's obscurity and it's actually making money. It's being profitable. And so we come in as the mentor, like helping them sort of walk through this process of overcoming this particular obstacle. And the moral, moral behind that is we will help you become a smart, successful media marketer.
0: So, and let me ask you this, Damien, you know, we talked about, we talk about seductive storytelling and there's actually, there's a link I'm going to put in the show notes and it's actually to a, a previous, a, a podcast from Internet Marketing for Smart People, an interview that Robert Bruce did with Robert Greene, uh, who is mm. the author of The Art of Seduction. It'll be in the show notes there. And he talks about how you use seduction in marketing. And one of the things he talks about, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is is this this concept of willpower, which is basically that what you want to do is kind of engage your your reader, your audience's willpower, right? So kind of present an idea and almost get them to think that it's their own idea. And this really seduces them into... Again, kind of following along with what you say and, and and paying attention and kind of getting them to the end. What are some other techniques, that it, some other tips, tools, things like that that we can give to the listeners here as they try to craft these seductive stories.
1: Well, you, you bring up a great point with uh, mentioning the willpower because, well, I mean, what we're dealing with here is inaction. We're dealing with inertia. People typically don't, I mean, want to do things. We're lazy, we're selfish, we want things to be brought to us. Um, that's just the na- nature of it. But we, you know, of course, so, you know, and I like to think about this. Um, what you're trying to do here, what you're, you're trying to make people, you're trying to tell a story that people should feel like it's a mistake to walk away. You know, a great example of this is like, say you walk into a doctor's office, and in that doctor's office, he tells you um, that you have a, a serious, a terminal disease, and then he just t- spends the next thirty-five minutes. Talking about all the procedures that you have to go through, the, the, the treatments that you have to take, the rehab that you have to go through if you want to sort of survive this um, disease. Well, for most people would think, well, you know, that's what you just told me, the solution, the treatment, sounds a lot worse than the actual disease. So what the doctor should have done is flip that, spent you know, about 35 minutes explaining. Um, the disease, the, you know, the 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 source, the origin, how it's going to make their life absolutely miserable, and then go, you know, at that point, by the time he's finished describing in great detail, you know, the problems are going to create through, throughout that. Once he gets to the solution, says, so here's here's what we need to do, that the patient is going to be, you know, super eager to want to hear what he has to say. Um, so that's what we're dealing with here is this idea of inaction. That's what Green meant when he's talking about willpower. We have to get people to feel like this is something they really want to do because otherwise they're just going to sit on their bottom. Um, so uh, here's so, uh, so a tip, right? Um, a great tip that I love to use in copywriting is the PAS. So it's problem, agitate, and then solve. And in that, what you see here, because every, what we know is this, we know that every great um, story begins with a character in conflict, and then it, it's amplified so that character's life is completely miserable, and then it ends with a resolution. And this is, this is true with good copywriting, is that we start with a character in conflict, you know, our customer, and then a good copywriter will amplify the conflict so life is miserable. For that customer, are painting the picture and then then ends the story with the resolution. So it could be like, hey, subscribe to an email newsletter to learn more, listen to a podcast, or purchase you know actually purchase a physical product. Um, So and so here's how I would do that. So so for instance, um, say you want you're talking about insecurity, right? And you'd say something like, um, um, you know, are you suffering from insecurity? Um, Don't you know you? If so, you're not alone. Um, thousands of people do that. So thousands of people have self-esteem. However, if you don't do anything about that, you're go- you're going to be the the, the perennial wallflower, f- the person who always gets passed up promotions, the person who you know never finds the right um, gal or guy, uh, the person who is you know never publishes the book, whatever. And it, and, it's, and and it's sort of, it's like the Mel Martin idea of hitting you know the maximum points of anxiety. And, and filling in as many of those as you possibly can, so you paint this really ugly picture of life. What will life will be like if they don't listen to you? If they don't do what you say? Because by the time you get to that point of like, here's the solution, they'll be more than happy. And again, it'll say like, that's. It'll be like that is my idea in order to do that. And so, and here's the thing. I, I kind of want to address this too. Idea, that, you know, with with Borstein because there, there is a you know when we talk about marketing advertising there is a stigma that it is manipulative it is icky but if you truly believe in what you are selling if you have something that will truly improve somebody's life if you believe that you can make somebody's life you can you can make somebody happier faster better Better, whatever, then um, we live in a world of commerce where you know we, we exchange between individuals between companies, companies to companies we ex- you know this is the world we live in in which we have to, we have to make money in order to buy things and so um, using a story and tapping into people 's emotions to help better the life, for example, if you want to help people quit smoking. I think that's a pretty darn good thing. So if you're selling a product or a program in order to do that, then helping people, tap in, tapping into them emotionally is a good thing and it's a positive thing because you're helping somebody um, – Improve the life, and of course, all that can be manipulated for the bad things. But just make sure you're on the good side, and you're you're on the white side rather than on the dark side.
0: I'm I'm glad you just said that. You basically just answered a question before I asked it, because that's what I wanted to. So I wanted to ask you is, you know, you talk about seduction. You can't really seduce if you just give everything right off the bat, right? There's got to be a sense of right. suspense, a sense of leading this reader somewhere, and you know, obviously within you know within reason, um. And so I think that's a very important point to accentuate that, you know, you have to tap into emotions sometimes to really do that. You can't just give everything away right there in the introduction because that may not necessarily actually inspire them to action. It may inspire them to knowledge. They'll know this thing, but they may not act on it. And so I mean, would, that be, would that be kind of the, the, a fair way to talk about the difference that it's really? It's, if you want to inspire action, you've got to tap into those emotions, and that's what the seduction part does.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely a a great point because anybody who thinks um, that, you know, they don't make decisions with emotions, that they don't want to make emotional decisions, that decisions should be made on, you know, logical facts based, um, those things are are important, but um, anybody who believes that, that emotions should not be part of the decision making process, needs to read an Antonio Damasio's book uh, Descartes Error, and he explains you know um, he explains how it's been proven that people who have lost that part of their mind um, who have lost who, that part of their mind where their emotions re- okay, reside that part of the mind that has been destroyed those people okay so you're, you're you're looking at people who are analytically pure right they don't have any emotions back out there they are, are your most logical people you could possibly they can't make decisions like from like easy decisions like what sports jacket to wear today to what restaurant to go eat with their wife because they don't have any emotional connection to it. If you think about it, why we choose things, why we work at certain places, why we drive certain cars, there is a, it, there is an emotional connection to it. Why we eat certain foods? I mean, why in the world would people pay and wait in line for thirty minutes to eat a freaking donut with a with a uh, you know pretzel stick stuck in it? I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it's sh- but but there is. There's an emotional attachment to it. You know, it's a commodity, and that's the beautiful thing about like someone like Voodoo uh, Donuts is that they've to- tapped into that emotional sort of connection with people. That it's different. I mean, they're eating it different, so they're producing they're kind of creating this lifestyle that is different than just going to you know Krispy. Because you think Krispy Kreme and you think donuts, you think Dunkin' Donuts and you think cops. You think Krispy Kreme and you just think cheap, right? Cheap and 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 fat. And uh, but here's Voodoo Donuts. It's like this is like cool. This is, you know, creative. So, and that's, and that's an emotional thing. I mean, for people, like you said, again, willpower, you have to stand in line. If you're going to stand in line for 30 minutes, you have to have willpower and there has to be some sort of, you know, desire driving that. And it comes to emotion.
0: I don't think 12 minutes and 15 seconds has ever flown by faster on one of these episodes <laughs> recording this. Here's the great thing. We're going to talk about this topic more in the next episode. And we talk about, because it still sticks with that same idea of suspense and drawing people in and tapping into emotions, all of those things. Damien, thank you. Everybody tune in next time uh, when we talk about, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lead. If you like what you're hearing, please consider giving the show a rating or a review on iTunes. You can also show your support by writing about the show on your own blog and recounting some of the lessons you've learned. If you do, send us a tweet to @CopyBlogger because we'd love to take a look. When Damien and I resume our series on the essential elements of a blog post, we'll be discussing, well, I guess you'll just have to tune in or go to copyblogger.com slash ingredients to find out. Talk to you soon, everybody. So I wish I was a
1: slave to an age-old trade. Have mercy
0: on my rough and rowdy